thank you, Jesus, for your blood that was shed for us. Thank you for your body that was broken for us. Thank you for this. Good morning, kings and priests. I just want to have a brief word on the... Uh, I just want to say something about the Old Covenant versus the New Covenant. In the Old Covenant, it took the blood of sheep and goats to get the forgiveness of sins. You know, and it, it did a lot, but you had to do it a lot. Um, they even put it on the doorposts, and it, kept, it said it kept the destroyer from killing their firstborn kids. And that's kind of like the gasoline we run in our family cars. The, old, the blood back then is, I mean, it's, it did some good. It gets us to and from work, to and from shopping. You know, gas is pretty flammable. But it has limits. Has anybody ever been to a drag race or seen one on TV? Jesus' blood is like nitromethane. When you run a, an engine on nitromethane, it is literally, literally like sticking a piece of dynamite in every cylinder. It's powerful. It's explosive. It's exciting. And that's the new covenant we have. It is way more powerful than the Old Covenant. When you see your family car doing 19 to 22 seconds in the quarter mile, you're thinking, eh, that's not bad. I mean, unless you have a pinto, then it's like 30-something seconds. But when you see a vehicle that's running on nitromethane doing a quarter mile in less than four seconds, you know there is a difference. And that's Jesus' blood. There is a difference. There is a big difference. When we plead the blood of Jesus over ourselves and over our family, it's explosive, it's powerful, it's energetic, and it's explosive towards the enemy. So start pleading the blood. Like Amy said, be persistent. Start speaking it. Taking command over it, because we have that authority. Jesus has given us his all. I just want to say thank you so much, Amy, for your testimony. It, it almost felt like we were at um, a graduation ceremony where, you know, the folks get up and they do their presentation. And afterwards, you, it's not that you can see anything, but you can definitely feel that shift in your own self where it's like, hey, we have come up. And for me, when you were giving your testimony, I felt like, this whole body that we all graduated to the next level. So that was, that was just powerful, very awesome. So thank you. And, and, so, and kind of going back to what David was saying, I know uh, the Lord has challenged me to, um, well, you know, he's always challenging me. He's always saying, come up here, come up higher, come up to the next level. And um, one of the things that um, had always impressed me from the Old Testament was when the children of Israel, when they were uh, still in Egypt, they had their own um, community, I believe it was called Goshen. And so uh, they would go out during the day, they would do their work as slaves, and they would come back to their land of Goshen. And during the time of the, uh, the plagues, where Egypt had those flies and frogs and fleas and darkness, uh, the folks in Goshen were protected. They, were, they opted out of the curse. They were, uh, they were safe, they were protected, they were blessed. And the Lord just, he said, I just want you to see that you are in this Goshen bubble. Everywhere you go, everywhere you, um, where you drive, he says, you know, you're, you're going to see unpleasantness, but I want, you to, I want you to begin to sense this presence of being in that land of Goshen, being in that protection. And so for one specific example is um, I was at um, a thrift store. I love going because I feel like I'm treasure hunting. And... Um, there was a person who walked in, and you could you just feel the tension in the whole place rise. And I was like, ooh, I wonder what's going on. 
But the Lord was just like, stay in Goshen, stay in peace. And definitely this person was upset and kind of looking for, you know, for something. And um, sure enough, somebody responded and there was some friction, but the Lord's like, stay here and might just stay here in this place. So just, I would just encourage you to just, um, regardless of what's going around you, uh, going on around you, just stay in that place. Know that you are in that bubble. Um, not that we are, not that we're not aware of what's going on, but just know that his protection is bigger than, uh, than the friction around you. So that's it. <laughs> And if you want a little Spanish, it would be Diablo, no moss. No moss. No moss. There you go. That's good. Would any of the, uh, would any of the team members come out? Line them up, guys. Line them up. Line them up. Plenty of room. Good morning, family. Um, it's always interesting to me how the Lord works, and I, I believe that in this body he is really trying to get all those things out of the way that encumber us and bring us distractions. <clears throat> he really wants us to be healthy and whole, and as Scott said, um, he believes we're in a time right now of healing, and I truly believe that. Amy, your testimony was awesome, and your prayer was just so powerful. There was just a powerful time, a shift in the atmosphere. And I have to say to you that last night I was reading about Sam, um, I was going to say uh, Solomon Samson, and although he lost his strength by trading his hair in to a wanton woman, he still is in the hall of the faithfuls in, I think it's Ephesians 11. But the Lord gave him strength and power to tear a young lion in half. And when we we'll go back by the carcass, what was in the carcass? It was honey. So we remember those carcasses that we've passed those by. We've left them beyond, and the Lord brings the honey. Good job. That is good. While we were worshiping and the, the song that he makes the darkness tremble, I saw... Jesus, and I saw Scott to his right and Tammy to his left, and you were entering the city of the Dominican Republic, and he goes with you. And Scott, you had said 90% of the Dominican Republic are not believers, making the darkness tremble. So Jesus goes with you, and he just towered over you, and you just hand in hand. And it was cool. Anyone else? Mrs. Fitz, you know. <laughs> your prophetic word for this group? Okay. Yeah. So over your trip to the Dominican Republic, I prophesy that no other name but Jesus will be on their lips when they leave and that their hearts will be buried in his hearts, as the Lord showed me the other day. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Hmm. I'll just marinate in that for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, it's just one drop one drop of the blood of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is enough to erase a whole world, a whole universe of sin. His blood is that powerful. It's the blood of Jesus that cleanses our consciences. I was just reading that scripture, thinking about communion and I felt like the Lord said, just, just rest in that. Stay in it. Stay in it. Let your conscience just be, just stay in it. Like, settle in that. It's in that place. It's not like his blood only cleanses your conscience just for a second, you know, and then, then you screw it up again because you think wrong thoughts. His blood cleanses your conscience continuously. 
continuously. Rest in it. Stay in it. Let it go deep and let it release freedom. It qualifies you. The blood of Jesus qualifies you. There is nothing you and I can do to add to his blood. We cannot earn it. We don't deserve it. We cannot perform and become self-sanctified, self-righteous, self-holy enough to qualify for the ministry. The blood of Jesus qualifies every one of you, every one of us in this room for the ministry. So congratulations, you have graduated. You are now a king and a priest of God Most High. You are a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, not of Latter-day Saints. (laughs) Present-day Saints. So his blood has inaugurated our our inheritance. His blood has put into effect the will. God had a will, and his blood put it into effect. And part of that will is that you and I get an inheritance. So you should get happy about that. You really should. If, I, if one of your relatives called you today and said, guess what, your great-great-uncle so-and-so, who you've never met, passed away, and you are in his will. Jesus has put your name in the will. You are an inheritor of the kingdom. You inherit. You are a co-inheritor with Jesus. We get a share in his inheritance. It's amazing. I can't wrap my mind around that. So you are ministers of reconciliation, ministers of grace. You've been given permission to speak into that which is not as though it was, to call the things into existence that aren't currently in your experience. We, we no longer look at one another according to the flesh. Please don't, because, you know, I raised my hands and then my belly button was showing, apparently. <laughs> don't look at me. See me how Jesus sees me. <laughs> Perfect. <No. laughs> I was notified that I have a short <clears throat> shirt when I raised my hands. Sorry if I offended your eyes. <sighs> For the sake of time this morning, I, I really want to, like, take us through some good stuff. I'm really stoked about, like... It's a continuation of last week, but I want to get to a close this morning, this afternoon, and give us all an opportunity to just have some fun and commission you guys, commission each other. And what I'll do at the end of the meeting is I'll invite anyone in this room who feels like they want that. They want to be commissioned, co-missioned with the power of the gospel in all of its facets healing, deliverance, giving the message of reconciliation to the, to the Father, forgiveness of sins. You are a dispenser of the kingdom, and I want to see all of us commissioned. So for those who want it this morning at the end, we'll have everyone who wants it come line up here, and I don't know, I'll ask a couple of you that feel like you just, you know, you really do move and walk in, in healing. In particular, healing. I want to go after the healing thing because it's really vital to our message. But if there are a few of you that that really feel like God has graced you and released you into that particular area of ministry, then I'd ask you to come up and we'll get the oil out over here and put it on our fingers and we'll just stick it on your palms of your hands as you just hold out and receive. And really, it's nothing that we're giving. We're just commissioning by the name and authority of our King Jesus because he's already paid it all. And so we just want to activate. We want to release each other to go do the stuff, to go do it. Okay. So, as you guys know, any moment, just grab it. Yep. Steal it. Tomorrow, Tomorrow night, we fly. We are going to Barahona. If you don't know exactly where it's at, I have a different picture, so Belle's going to just kind of be throwing all kinds of slides up there. That is Florida at the very top. That's how close the Dominican Republic is. So it's really not that far away, Tammy. I mean, kids. I mean, everybody. 
I know for us it's been a battle. We've like felt, oh, it seems so far away. But hey, we're down there right by Puerto Rico. Aren't there a lot of Puerto Ricans in our country? Yeah. Puerto Rico's way down on the corner right next to the Dominican. Cubans, we know a lot of Cubans that are in our country. So it's all not that far away, just so you guys know, so in case you're worried. <clears throat> so we are going to go. I'll just repeat some of the stuff that I repeated last week. We have been invited by Galen Gingrich of New Horizons Church in McMinnville to be a part of a, a prophetic healing team that he was asked to put together. There are 30 people that he gathered, including Teresa Farley, who's, who was here in June when some of you first came, including Greg Dillon, who was here for some of you for your first month here, um, as well as a friend of ours, Ben Dodson, and Galen and Danette are going to be there, and then like 25 people that we maybe know a few of, so it's going to be awesome. But this, this uh, Mike Silva Ministries has asked them to put this team together, just go ahead and show the next picture. I don't know where this particular picture is, but this is the stuff that he does. This is one of his outdoor um, evangelistic crusades. They call it the one that we're going to a festival. So we're going to be a part of this festival. He's going to preach the gospel. People are going to respond, and people are going to need healing. People are going to need a release of the kingdom. And this morning, we're going to go into that a little bit about what are some of the different facets of of the kingdom of heaven being released through all of us, believe it or not, you have the ability to release that river of living water, that Holy Spirit who lives inside of you, who is basically the kingdom. The kingdom is a person. Without the king, you don't have the kingdom. Wherever the king is king, you have the kingdom. So if Jesus is in the room, the kingdom of God is present. Holy Spirit is in you, guess what? The kingdom of heaven is within you. So we all carry the kingdom. If you've received Jesus, you put your faith in him and you know him as your savior. He's put a deposit and it is a rich deposit. It is not stingy. He has put an everlasting wellspring of life within you, a fountain that releases. The, f- the problem is getting it out of the believers because we don't know. The enemy has made so, some of us, many of us, so blinded or believing the lies that we just aren't qualified because look at myself look in the mirror and then he just points out every fault jesus said you are a new creation in christ the old is gone he no longer sees you as your old self he sees you qualified wrapped up in king jesus the spirit of jesus living inside of you you are no longer alive you've been crucified with christ and now christ jesus lives within you I don't know how else to say it, but you're dead. You're a puppet for the Holy Spirit. Now, yes, you have free will. He he respects you as a human that he created, and he loves your personality that he designed you with, and he wants to flow through it, not like a puppet, because a puppet's lifeless. You are alive with his life, and he wants to flow through the various gifts, the various quirks, even. I heard that he likes my humor, so... If you don't like it, that's too bad. He he likes it. I make him laugh. I think I do. Sometimes he's probably like, "Uh uh-oh. We'll find out when he plays the videotapes and when I get to heaven someday and he'll show me. Yeah, remember that time? Mm, You shouldn't have done that. So we're going to the Dominican Republic and just a couple pictures or one picture of some of the people there just so you get a, I put this up last week, there's just some of the kids and an elderly person. You know, I'm not going to cry this week because I'm not just so like soaked in that part of it yet, not right at the moment, but these people are precious to him. Oh boy, here we go. These people are precious to him and I felt like he showed me in my truck, in my truck, my minivan waiting to get into my postal truck, waiting to go into the station the one morning. I downloaded the app. And by the way, go ahead and put that link up for the app. If you want to track it, download the app or go to the website. There's going to be updates while we're there next week. But I was in my car and I was reading about the, there's a lot more detail that I didn't read, but you guys can read it on your own about the people there, about the darkness that is on the land, that deep darkness that covers the land, and behold, the light. (laughs) 
I'm just thinking of Isaiah 60 right now. I think it's Isaiah 60 or 61. It says, Arise and shine, your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. But behold, darkness, thick darkness is over the land. There is thick darkness over the Dominican Republic, but the light is so much brighter. Jesus and the army of angelic hosts that are coming and that are there now, that are waging war against the forces of darkness, are way, way more powerful, way greater. For some reason, God just wants to get his people co-laboring with him in the effort because he's not going to just come and do it all without us. There's a reason why we're here. There's a reason why you've got an identity in Christ, an inheritance. There's a reason why you have Holy Spirit power living inside of you. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence inside of you, not just to guarantee you to get to heaven someday, which is important. Thank God you get to go to the kingdom later. It's the kingdom later, but it's also the kingdom now. It's a now and later, for those of you who like candy. He wants to release his kingdom in and through your life now. So let's move on here. So why a healing team? We're going to throw that Randy Clark picture up one more time just because I like it. I think it's cool. Healing is central, not peripheral to the gospel. It's not just one of those things that we do off to the side. Yeah, we may save that part of our gatherings at the end. Maybe we do it right after worship. Maybe we start by having everyone come in the door like one Sunday, and we never even had a meeting. We just prayed the whole time. Healing is central. And healing comes and is released as the kingdom, the king's domain, comes and moves through our lives and into other people's lives inside of us, into areas of our own lives, and through us to other people. Jesus is our example. Jesus is, he is our theology. If you want to know about God, you look at Jesus. Jesus showed us what the kingdom looks like. He showed us what the Father looks like, the heart of the Father, and he showed us what the kingdom looks like because he demonstrated it. He demonstrated it with miracles, signs, and wonders. It's not just healing, and it's not just forgiveness of sins, and it's not just deliverance. It's a lot more. It's the prophetic. It's words of knowledge. It's miracles. Gold dust falling from the air. Some of you have seen that. I've never seen it. Gems appearing. And the list goes on and on. Gold fillings in your teeth, which would be great because I could use some. Okay, so healing is central to the gospel. I want to put this this quote up next. It's from those Moravian people. I read the whole story one Sunday. I'm not going to try to do that now. But you can look it up on Google. And the Moravian phrase that we want to hold on to is, May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering." Jesus Christ paid it all. He has paid the account in full. He has fully supplied all that we need from the kingdom. For every good work, he has supplied our needs. He, everything we need for life and for godliness, he has given us through his promises and through his power, according to First Peter, I think. Somewhere in there. I'll look it up later. So the word saved, we talked about this, we're just going to quickly recap. The word saved in the New Testament is the word sozo. I did look it up this time to count. It's 54 times that word is used in the New Testament alone. And it's also in the Septuagint, which is like the Greek, Aramaic translation of the Old Testament. Anyway, it's in the Old Testament as well, and it's in all of the other books of the New Testament. But in the Gospels, it's used 54 times, translated in many different ways. So I think I have, did I do that? No, I didn't. That's okay. I was trying to snip some things out. I didn't want to repeat everything from last week. So Jesus is perfect theology. But the word sozo means saved and it means healed and delivered. So you can look those words up if you want to do a little Bible study. Just find the Greek word sozo in Strong's Concordance. It has a number, and you can click on that number in the concordance, and it'll show you all the different verses where it's found and all of the different ways it's applied. Last week we did three of them where Jesus healed somebody, where he 
healed the demonized person. He basically delivered them. He set them free. And also variations of the word sozo or saved is savior. So Jesus is our great savior. He is our sozoer. He's the one who sets us free. He's our healer. He's the savior of the world. He is our rescuer. So we're going to look at Mark 1 and Luke 11, and we're going to talk just a few minutes about the kingdom. I think we covered these last week, so I'm going to read them quickly just for the sake of time. So Mark 1, later on after John the baptizer was arrested, Jesus went back into the region of Galilee and preached the wonderful gospel of God's kingdom realm. So that was the message Jesus preached. He preached the message of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is among you. And his message was this, at last the fulfillment of the age has come. It is time for the realm of God's kingdom to be experienced in its fullness. Turn your lives back to God, repent, and put your trust in the hope-filled gospel. And then Luke 11, when Jesus drove a demon out of someone, he said, but if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Jesus demonstrated the power of the kingdom, the rule and reign of heaven through his life when he addressed demons, when he addressed sickness, and when he addressed sin. It's amazing that we have been given that same kingdom authority and power that Jesus walked in. And that is what I believe the heart of God is, is to wake us up, to stir us up, day after day. It's not just a one-time awakening. It's a daily look in the mirror and see yourself how God sees you. See what's inside of you how God sees it. So the kingdom, I just have a few thoughts here. It's the king's domain. It's where the king rules. Just picture the king on his throne with his his, uh, scepter stretched out. Whatever he commands is done. He sends his soldiers, his servants out, and they accomplish his work. So wherever the king is king, that's where you have the kingdom. Jesus taught us to pray. I'm spitting here. Jesus taught us to pray. Your kingdom come and your will be done on the earth just as it is in heaven. His prayer and our prayer is that the kingdom of heaven would come here. Not just the rapture and final full kingdom, no more sin, darkness, you know, everything's a new, everything's wiped out and the the kingdom is finally here in its fullness. But in the meantime, until Jesus comes on the earth like he said he would, he will come again and he will establish his royal throne on the earth and he will rule and reign on this earth for a thousand years, the Bible says. But now, our prayer is that the kingdom would come continuously, that the kingdom of heaven would come and his will would be done. So I already kind of mentioned the kingdom contains miracles, signs, and wonders. So let's just quickly look at Mark 16. So as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. These miracle signs will accompany those who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay hands on the sick and heal them. We're going to get to some questions I know are in your minds. But but what if? All the what ifs. What if we don't see it? How do we get it to happen? So, based on that scripture, we owe the world an encounter. We owe ourselves, our children, we owe the world an encounter with the presence of God. If we really believe the one who lives inside of us is in us, and he really is living in our lives, and we are a habitation of the presence of God, we really believe that then we owe it to them to let him shine out to lift the lid wait that looked weird 
No, don't lift that lid. Open up the gates. <laughs> Marilyn, why are you thinking things like that? You're like, don't, no, don't, we don't lift our shirts. <laughs> I used to say, if you could cut me open, you know, you wouldn't see Jesus in my, my heart, the pumping muscle inside of my chest. He's in my heart, which is my spirit. It's my innermost being. Some say it's in the belly. Just in case you don't like your belly button touch. Fire! <laughs> that happens to Tammy when other people do it. When she, I do it, she just gets mad and laughs, slaps my hand. But when, when uh, powerful people, not men, but, you know, like Wendy Backlund touched her on the belly and started praying, she starts shaking and falling down. It's kind of fun to watch. <clears throat> We're going to get some, you know, fired up stuff happening tomorrow, I think, before we leave. Some of you ladies just get her. It's probably in the belly where the spirit is. So just release fire. Fuego. Fuego. Mas fuego. Okay. Okay. We're going to waste time here if I don't stop goofing off. So we owe the world an encounter. Um, I shared some testimonies last week, and I was saying that some of the stuff that we've seen God do in our living room in our own lives are not things that we expected like when I told you about my niece who was not a believer yet shaking and sweating after we prayed for her who would have thought I kept saying afterwards I think the fire of God just fell on her and whatever he was doing in here and inside of her spirit he was doing something um, I had a couple more examples one that I didn't get to last week and I'm glad you're here Amy but we had Amy's mom and dad with us for dinner, and we had them in the living room. I know, I'm sorry. Is it okay? You can, you can handle it? Okay, just pinch her really hard if you need to, Forrest. There you go. <laughs> we, we wanted to pray for Carol before they left after dinner and after visiting. I could tell it was getting time. They were like, well, we're going to pack up and go here. And I was like, can we pray for your back? And I had no idea. Tammy had no idea what would happen. But somewhere in the setup, we had Tammy facing Carol. Or no, you were behind her. And your dad was facing your mom. So your mom was right here facing your dad. Tammy was behind her like this. And she just touched her back. And whatever she prayed, whoa, she just went forward and about knocked your dad over too. And they were like, I felt that. Your dad said, I felt that. We don't have that happen every time we pray, but that's what it can look like. You, you can't box the Holy Spirit. You cannot put him in a carton. He's not packaged in, in with a description that says this is the only way he's going to move. People try to package him and write a description and say, if you go outside of these guidelines, it's a demon or something. But Jesus said, if it's by the finger of God that you see this, don't blaspheme the Holy Spirit. I think that's probably what that means, accrediting the things of God. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, another example, the woman at Macy's. This was just more recent. I shared with you guys this before. I felt the power of God kind of hit me. I was not studied up. I was not prayed up. I did nothing. I might have cussed in the car. Who knows? It was a long day at work, and then we're at the mall. Of all places I want to be at, shopping in Macy's. But hey, I love my wife, and I'll, I'll do those things for her. I'm trying to get some points here. <clears throat> but as she went, when, oh, you were with the kids. You went in one direction. I stayed in Macy's to do a return, and I saw that lady, and I felt the presence. It was like, wait. I just could not shake it. Every time I turned and looked at her, I saw her, and I felt that weight again, like God was saying, go. And when I finally approached her and took a risk, Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. I took a risk and I said, I know you're pregnant, you know, and I feel like the presence of God has really hit me and wanted me to say something to you. It didn't come out quite that way. And I told her, I felt like that baby is a girl, and which I was right because he, he gave me that feed. I could have been wrong, but, you know, he gave me good information. The info was reliable. It was a girl she was a believer as a mom, and he had a word for her, for that baby, that she would be a little prophetess, full of power, full of fire. She was blessed. 
That was dispensing the kingdom from a believer to a believer. It can happen from a believer to a non-believer. We owe the world an encounter. So, we're going to the Dominican Republic for healing. And many of us are like, well, yeah, we, we love the testimony of healing. We want more. I want it for my life. How do, I, how do I see more of it? How do I deal with the letdown of when it doesn't happen? So let's go ahead and pop uh, Papa Bill, Mr. Bill Johnson. I stole some stuff from him. I figured, hey, this guy's got a healing ministry. I might as well just take from him and share it with you guys instead of trying to make up my own stuff. <clears throat> Jesus Christ is perfect theology. He is the will of God. Period. We can't lower the standard of Scripture to our level of experience. Or in most cases, inexperience. Just sit on that for a second. We don't lower the Bible down to our experience. We let the Word of God be the plumb line, the line. We raise it. It is a very uncomfortable realization. Not everyone can handle it. Not everyone is going to be able to deal with this. Hopefully they'll come around. Most create doctrine that you cannot find in the person of Jesus. He is the will of God. There's some more to it after this. Isabel, oh, there you go. I didn't know if I had to wake you up. <clears throat> How can God choose not to heal someone when he has already purchased their healing? unless you're going to argue that the cross did not purchase healing. Was his blood enough for all sin or just certain sins? Were the stripes he bore only for certain illnesses? Not cancer, of course, because everyone dies of cancer. No, that's not true. Or certain seasons of time. When he bore stripes in his body... He made a payment for our miracle. He already decided to heal. You can't decide not to buy something after you've already bought it. So if we start there, we realize God is good. It is his will to heal. Jesus paid it already. And we want to see him get the full reward of that payment. We want to see the kingdom released in all of its facets here on the earth. So if it's, if it's a done deal there, and we are to pray, your kingdom come here. Your will appear be done here as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. So I pulled eight things that Bill Johnson shared about dealing with what, what to do when you don't see healing. I felt this was really good stuff. So, yes, it's not really plagiarism, is it? When you're, no, we're just sharing the info. Okay, so when you pray for somebody and you don't see healing, and I'm not going to say that before every one of these because these are the answers, some of the answers. Realize that it's not God's fault, okay? We want to maintain the standard that God is good. The goodness of God is not to be jaded or changed to, to interpret our experience because the enemy is a butt head and does naughty things and makes things miserable for all of us at different various points in time. We cannot blame God and accredit to God what the devil does. God is good. He paid the highest price for us to have healing released. So we'll realize it's not God's fault. Number two is learn from others who see miracles. Have them pray for you, which is why we went down to the Randy Clark conference in January. It was this Randy Clark School of Healing and Impartation. We wanted some impartation to further equip us. Tammy could testify when we streamed the conference in our living room. What happened to you? That was a couple years ago, and I just felt like hot swirls in my hands. What's happening on the screen? I don't remember. 
Yeah, I think he was walking people just through, like he was just praying, releasing impartation to people. So what happened to you? Circles on my hand, heated circles on my hand. So. so Tammy was standing in our living room, participating in the conference, streaming it, doing what he was instructing people to do, hold out your hand. Some of you might feel heat, some of you might feel shaking or whatever, and you were feeling swirling in your hands. So Tammy, and you and me, we can all receive an impartation just by getting with God, just by getting in his presence, getting your faith levels raised up when you hear someone who walks in this stuff walking you through it to receive more. So learn from others who see miracles. Have them pray for you. If you don't know people who see miracles, find them. Bill Johnson has also said, you know, people say, don't go chasing after signs and wonders. But if signs and miracles and wonders aren't following you, then follow them until they do follow you. In other words, go where the stuff is happening, observe, receive something, and then step into it. Every area that you get revelation in, where your eyes get open to something, gives you faith and permission to walk and explore in that area. It's not to be put on a shelf for our memories. Oh, dove droppings. They're so sweet to go look at in the jar. No, that is your, your permission to walk into that area, to step into it by faith. Books will help if the author has a miracle lifestyle. Don't try to learn from those who only have a theory of miracles. Makes sense. Let's go on. We'll try to zip through this. Do what Jesus told his disciples to do when he addressed the problem. Pray and fast not just for a specific problem, but for a lifestyle anointing. So we pray and fast to get that lifestyle anointing. It's, it's in other words, we, we want to have this, this habit, these cultivated habits of studying the word, um, being in prayer, soaking, praying in the spirit. Um, yeah. Sorry, I'm just like a little bit sidetracked for a second. Yeah, fasting and praying. Fasting, we don't do it just to see a miracle happen in one area, but to cultivate this lifestyle where we are more and more yielded to him and our, our mind is more and more transformed by renewing. We are transformed as we renew our thinking. So in that atmosphere of fasting and praying, we want to go after that anointing for a lifestyle anointing. One quick side note. We want to go after situations, stuff that we have to go after. We want to fight those things, not for victory, but from victory. This is a shift. This is taking you off the earth when you're here on the on the soil, on the planet, and you're face-to-face -face with the crap. Okay, you're looking at the stuff that you got to deal with. We are called by God not to fight that thing for a victory, but to shift the perspective of where the Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places, and we want to look at the situation from heaven's perspective Eagle eyes, eagle's wings. He wants us to soar high above it all so we can see exactly how he sees it. And we can fight those things from victory. So I felt like that was just kind of, it relates to that number three. We pray and fast not just for the problem to go away, but for a lifestyle. We want to shift our thinking more into our, our identity and our authority that Jesus has given us. Number four. Take a risk. Pray for people. You just got to risk it. You got to be willing to, maybe it's not going to happen when you pray. But it might. You, you can't decide what's going to happen. You just step in faith. Take a risk. Pray for people. Not if it be thy will kind of prayer. We've heard it. In the thousands of people, Bill says that he's seen healed. I've never seen anyone healed from that kind of prayer. <laughs> There's something about an authoritative, declarative, spoken prayer. 
our friends that moved down to Reading, Warren and Naomi, when he talked to me on the phone early on in their, their time there, and this was all kind of new to us, he said, we don't really pray as much as we do declare things. I was like, okay. It sounded weird. Now I get it. You're still praying, but your prayers are declaring because he's here right now, and he's saying, speak my truth. Declare with authority what I say my promises are and what, what I want to release to that person right now. So anyway, thank you, Belle. She's like on top. It's hard to hurt someone's faith by praying for a miracle. See, we might be like, well, do I go up to that person in the wheelchair? Not praying for a miracle gives them no chance for increased faith. That is what hurts faith. The real goal is to show people God's love, and faith grows in the display of God's love. That is so key, guys. Love. We have to see them with his heart the way he sees them. we got to love them the way he loves them. And when we catch his heart, his fire will come right with it. And then we can release his love and his kindness and his righteousness right into that broken thing. His love is seen when we show compassion and display God's power. Number six, when God heals people, give him thanks and praise and learn from it so it will happen again. We prayed for my mom in Harrison's ER uh, waiting room when that doctor said she's probably going to die. You know, she's got a brain bleed. You might as well prepare for death. No. (laughs) I didn't say it like that in his face. But my spirit man said, no freaking way. I said freaking just in case you weren't hearing me clearly. No way. No. Kids, get around grandma. We're going to go after this now. Put your hands on her. Turn your sprinklers on. We can cry. That's okay. We don't want to see Grammy die. Right, Grammy? That's right. We don't want Grammy to die. So we command the bleeding to stop in Jesus' name. We just went after it. We had to speak to that thing. Tell it to reverse. Tell that bleeding to go back where it started from. Go back in. We speak life, not death. You're not going to die from this. She's still alive. She's not like, you know, a spring chicken, but she's alive, and she's going to hear this. We love you, Mom. Number seven, if someone isn't healed, yes, someone said, we miss you. That was Marilyn. She's going to say, who's Marilyn? It's been a while. If someone isn't healed, realize the problem isn't God. God, why aren't you showing up? No, that's the wrong response. It's not God's problem. Seek him for direction as well as personal breakthrough. Greater anointing for consistency and healing. Also, don't take it personal. Boy, we start to introspect. What's wrong with me? Why am I not able to get that person healed? Knock it off. We just got to stop thinking those things. We got to take our brain and submit it to the authority of Christ. Take every thought captive and make it bow to Jesus. Make it bow to the word. His word says, those who believe in me will do these things. They will do these signs and wonders. Sorry, I, keep, I can't get through a whole paragraph here. Um, also, don't take it personal. There are other factors involved besides great faith. That is only one element in the equation. Just learn to do your best and be faithful to his gospel and honor him for the results. It's also not wise to blame the person who's sick. Don't you ever do that, please. And if you do, tell him you go to the Mormon church. Don't mention Legacy City Church. Okay, that was a joke, but it's kind of true. Number eight, and this is the last one. There's a difference between a miracle, whoa, that was a miracle, boom, and a healing. Miracles happen in an instant. Healing happens over time. I'm not saying, I don't think Bill is saying that, you know, healing should take weeks and weeks and weeks. Like, oh, the cold will be gone. I pray in Jesus' name two weeks from now it'll be gone. Well, yeah, of course it's going to be gone. You don't have to pray for me and it'll be gone in two weeks. But we can believe and trust God that he gets into motion. He, he releases into motion an acceleration in your body, in the body of those you're praying for, for healing 
to, to begin working for momentum. It is important to recognize the progress of what God is doing in a person's body and give him thanks because healing increases in an atmosphere, atmosphere, atmosphere of thankfulness. It makes perfect sense that when we're worshiping and the presence of God is coming and we feel the weight and the goodness of his glory just flowing through the room when, we're, when you're singing praise and giving him thanks, it's no wonder things happen. It's no wonder when I lift my head and my neck pops sometimes. I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. The little angelic chiropractor's in the room again. Snap, snap. It just, miracles happen. We don't even have to pray sometimes and things will happen. Just being in the atmosphere of his presence. Okay, why don't we stand up? If you want to receive some commissioning prayer, boy, that's whistling. I don't even have dentures. If you want to receive some commissioning prayer, or if you just want prayer for healing in your own body, if you want prayer for encouragement, um, if you just want to know Jesus more and you want to know his presence in your life in a deeper way, we want to invite everybody to come up. And you don't have to go over a long explanation of what, what specifically you need, but we'll just come up and fill the front area here. Isabel's going to put on some worship. Um, just It's kind of soaky. It's actually the last part of what we were worshiping with earlier. Um, so we'll just let that kind of soak and kind of create a, a sound barrier. And otherwise, we're going to dismiss. So I'll just bless everyone in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you for this day. We just we declare your blessing and your grace and your goodness over every person in this room, every family represented here. We just say, let your goodness and your kingdom come and expand through us. In Jesus' name.